Well, how are you all doing today? Oh, come on now. Talk to me. How are you all doing today? Hey, I'm glad you're feeling good because you sure look good. It's good to be here today. You all may not know, but uh, yesterday, uh, Rail and Michelle lost a son. But it's not all a loss. They gained a daughter, so kind of a backward situation there. You have to find out the details on your own if you don't know. <laughs> I can't go no farther. I'm going to turn red. It's good. I'm glad you all are here today. I hope what we discuss will be of some value to you. Uh, it is important what we're going to talk about. Very, very, very important. So I hope you'll listen carefully and prayerfully and try to retain these thoughts. You may want to go back and refresh yourself again on our website uh, afterwards because uh, we're going to get into some uh, very deep stuff. And uh, it's very important stuff for us to understand. So uh, we'll go on from there. Does the majority decide what the truth is? Yeah. That sounds like Ronald's lesson. It is. Ronald preached that last week. I watched it on the TV, and uh, I was very, very, very impressed. Thank you for filling in, son. I, uh, I enjoyed that lesson so much, it moved me to uh, add some more thoughts to it. Yeah, he, he embarked on a subject that's uh, very lengthy indeed, and uh, I thought we'd just continue on just a bit. So, postmodernism, it's a problem we deal with today, very bad problem. Most people don't even know what it is. You've probably never even heard of it. Postmodernism, though, is a, definitely a plague to these United States. It's one of the reasons we're in the pickle we're in right now. It's one of the reasons why socialists control our country. It's because of this philosophy of postmodernism. Been around for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's not something that most of us are aware of because it's not something people tend to talk about out loud. Uh, it's something that goes on behind closed doors. But it's a very damning uh, philosophy. It's a lie, and it's one that should never, never have been accepted, sadly. There's not a university, I don't think, in this country that doesn't teach it. Postmodernism is in the mind of every child that comes out of college these days. Uh, because it's filtered into their teaching. So let's think about some of these things. Frederick Nietzsche, he's admired by many people. Uh, I've read his works. Uh, I'm not impressed with it. He was a 19th century philosopher. Uh, I don't think he was so smart, even though he's credited with being very intelligent. Uh, his conclusions are wrong. Uh, they're false. It would be wonderful if we could debate that man today, but we can't because he's been dead a long time. Notwithstanding, his works have had an incredible impact on the people of these United States. Why? I don't know. I don't understand. I thought we won World War II, but apparently we didn't. Apparently the Germans won, and we lost, and now we're paying the piper for it. How sad, how sad. His general idea is that there are no facts, only interpretations. This is basically the conclusion of postmodernism. Facts, when he uses the word facts, he's talking about truths. There are no truths, 
only interpretations, opinions. You ever heard that before? Well, that's your opinion. You talk about the Bible, you go to chapter 2, verse 38. Uh, what shall we do? You repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. Well, that's your, that's your interpretation. That's your opinion. It's got nothing to do with me. You know, our brethren now teach that down here at David Liskin University. When they had a debate against the Freed Hardeman boys, their stance was, uh, after the Freed boys had defended the truth with biblical examples, the Lipscomb boys came back and said, so what? So what? The Bible taught it. So what? Why? Because there are no truths. Interpretations. Opinions. It's all that matters. That's all that matters in the 21st century culture, and it's sad. It is so, 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 so sad, and it just breaks my heart. Nietzsche summarized postmodernism in three points. All claims to truth, to meaning, to value, are merely social constructs. Two, there is no uniform or universal reality. What matters is only the local the fragmentary. Number three, since moral relativism and multiculturalism must prevail, well, why is that, Nietzsche? Well, because I think it should. <laughs> the issues all become those of politics, major on race, class, gender, and power. Sound familiar? Sound familiar. What weighs in finally is not truth, for there is no truth, but rhetoric. The more extreme, the better. You mean like castrating little baby boys because they seem to be feminine rather than masculine? Are you talking about boys competing against girls? in a swimming contest? Are you talking about girls using boys' bathrooms and boys using girls' bathrooms? The more extreme, the better. That's the philosophy. Think what you see and understand what you think. It's been coming for years. It's been coming for over 100 years, as a matter of fact. But too many people were napping and we got hit in the face without knowing it. Bill Sanders uh, has got one of the best books produced on this subject I've ever read in my life. We've got them over in the library. I bought a number of them and put them in the library. It's called Adrift, Postmodernism in the Church. And he, uh, he demonstrates the severity of this problem. Now keep in mind, this was back during a study in about 1996, maybe 95, somewhere in there. This study was done. And what they concluded was 70% of Americans now believe that there is no such thing as absolute truth. There is no such thing as absolute truth. Think about it. There is no such thing as absolute truth. What does that mean? You have your opinion, I have my opinion. What does that mean? If I want your gun, I'll take it if I'm strong enough. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can have me arrested, but they're going to let me out in the morning without any bail. What do you see going on? Surely, 
surely we can see what's going on. Today, truth is whatever people want it to be. That's where Ronald's lesson came in and was so important. Does the majority decide what truth is? Yes, Ronald said no. Yes, it does. In the United States of America, truth is what the majority of the American people think it should be. That is the truth. That is socialism. That's where we are. Why? Because there is no absolute truth in this country. That number that Phil had is 70% is now up somewhere around 80%. No such. Of course Ronald was right. The majority can't decide what truth is. Oh, they can make a decision. There can be a consensus. The United States government can enact laws they choose to enact. We're not going to be able to stop them. They're going to do it. But here's the point. It doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it right. Just because Biden says something is this way doesn't mean it's this way. He's not God. And God is the only one who can reveal truth. There's no person on earth that has the capacity to reveal truth unless that truth was handed to them from God. Because he is truth. And the source of truth. Objective realities exist. This is how silly Nietzsche is. He says there's no such thing as objective realities. Oh, no. What, what, what about the sun? Or, or what, about, what about gravity? Are these things our imagination? Or do they exist? Well, of course they exist. And of course they are objective. They are outside of us. A truth that is outside of us. We don't have any effect on it. I can say that gravity is 20 foot-pounds per square inch if I choose to do so, but it doesn't make it true. It's still going to be what it is. What I think about truth does not change truth. If I want to believe a lie, I can believe a, a lie. God has given me the right to believe a lie should I choose to do so. That's my prerogative. And if I want to believe that 2 plus 2 is 5, that's my business. But it doesn't make it true. I'm not going to be able to function very well in this world because when I go to the grocery store, we're going to have a problem real quick because when he starts counting my money, he's not going to give me enough. Objective realities exist. I, I recall all of this stuff happening before. With regard to the pagan, Paul said, professing to be wise, they became fools. They thought they were smart, and they wound up being idiots. And that's where we are today, a bunch of idiots. Can't tell the difference between a boy and a girl. Shame on us. Something has gone terribly wrong. And when our legislators think there is no difference between a boy and a girl, Something has gone terribly wrong. 
You got to get out of that Democrat Republican mode. You got to quit following this party stuff. Party's going to get you in trouble. Adolf Hitler was the leader of a party, and look where it took Germany. Forget the party. It doesn't matter what the party is. Look at the person. What do they stand for? What do they believe? What are they going to do to your country, your children? Instead of burying our heads in the sand and act like, oh, well, it's got nothing to do with me. Let somebody, it's so irritating. Such a great country. And we're willing to give it away to these knotheads in Washington. Investigating the meaning of truth is what I would like to do for a few moments. There are shades of truth depending on the context in which it is used. The Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, Bromley says, the root of truth suggests that which is not concealed. It's out in the open. That is, what is apparent disclosed, what really is. That's the truth. There are many truths in this world. I got five fingers on this hand. That's the truth. And you can see it's the truth. But according to Nietzsche, there's no such thing as truth. How foolish, how foolish, how foolish. <clears throat> context reveals the author's meaning. And you've always got to keep in mind the context. Context, context, context. That's what my instructors used to teach me in school. Context, context, context. If I heard that once, I heard that a thousand times, and I now understand why. Because it comes down to context. True sometimes carries the meaning of being loyal. If you abide in me, you are my disciples indeed. These are true disciples. How, why? Because they abide in Christ. They walk in his word. True may be used of that which is genuine as opposed to that which is phony or counterfeit. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 9, Paul said that the Thessalonians had received the gospel as it is in truth, the truth of God. It wasn't a phony. Another aspect of truth is consistency or harmony. Truth always harmonizes with truth. There's never a contradiction. In the 119th Psalm, verse 160, the psalmist said, The sum of God's word is the truth. The, the Bible never contradicts itself. Never, never, never. Listen to these people on the Internet who tell you it does. They're wrong. They're wrong. There are no contradictions in that book. I challenge anyone to show me a single contradiction. Because there isn't one. Why? It's the truth. And truth can't contradict itself. Why? Because God is truth. And can't be contradicted. Truth conforms to a standard. Jeremiah 10.23, it's not a man who walks to direct his own steps. So what's going to happen, Jeremiah? You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt if you walk after your own mind. In Judges 21, 25, that's what the people of Israel did. They did what was right in their own eyes. And what happened? They self-destructed as a matter of time. Truth conforms to a standard. Something that you live by. A code, if you will. Rules that govern the way we behave ourselves. 
That's the truth, if we're wise. Truth carries the ideal of honesty. In Mark 5, 33, when Jesus asked, he, he sensed that virtue went out from his body. He asked, who touched me? And this woman stepped up immediately, and in her integrity, she said, I did. She didn't want to, but she did. Why? She was an honest woman. And sometimes truth carries the idea of honesty. As it's, it takes time. Because the word can mean many things in many different places. But basically, it's always the same. It's always the truth. My subject or my objective for this lesson is coming up right now. This is why I wanted to talk about it, because this is so very important to you and I. Truth conforms to reality. Okay, remember that. Truth conforms to reality. Truth is not a lie. It never contradicts itself. It always hits a nail on the head. Truth conforms to reality in the physical world. And in the metaphysical world, it's always true. I'm talking about two different worlds. You and I are composite beings. We are of the physical world. We are of the metaphysical world. We are body. We are spirit. And truth was delivered to you and I in the same manner. Physical truth, metaphysical truth. They both exist. And they're both in plain view for our viewing. We are to learn the truth, know the truth, and live by the truth. We got to know something about the truth in order to do that. Professor Gordon Clark, head of the philosophy department at Butler, noted, moral and spiritual truth is as much truth as mathematical, scientific, and historical truth. They're all equally intellectual. No, you can't touch it, you can't feel it, you can't smell it. But it's still the truth. It's undeniable. God exists. That's the truth. You can't touch him. You can't see him. See him. You can't taste him. But he's still the truth. Why do you know he's the truth? There's evidence. The world abounds with evidence testifying that God is. And just because you can't see him, we know through the evidence that he exists. And someone says, oh, I ain't, no, ain't nobody going to believe something they can't see. You believe George Washington is the first president of the United States? Well, yeah. Why? Well, because of the evidence. Do you believe there's Paris, France? Yeah. Why? I've seen it on TV. There's the evidence. Same thing. Just because you can't see God doesn't mean God is. As a matter of fact, all the evidence contradicts the notion that God doesn't exist. That's why the Bible says only a fool will say there is no God. Because there is so much evidence testifying that God is. That only a fool could come to the conclusion that God is not. And the Lord is very pointed about that. Paul said that the pagan world exchanged the truth of God for the lie. They had the truth. The truth was theirs. God gave them the truth. He showed them the truth. But you know, they didn't like the truth. They didn't want to live in accordance to the truth. They wanted to live a different way. 
So they made up a way of their own and called it the way. And they sentenced themselves to a devil's hell in the process. How sad that is. How sad that is that we could be that blind. But we can, my friends. We can be that blind if that's what we choose to do. The power is in us to go either way. The truth of God, what exactly does that mean? Actually, it can be understood in two different ways. It could be understood in both ways. In this case, both ways. W.E. Vine said, it's the truth concerning God. The truth of God is truth concerning God, what God has revealed about himself in the Bible. That's the truth of God. But there's also another meaning, and that is the truth about God's whose existence is verity. That word verity means truth. God's existence is true. The truth of God is expressed in two ways, in the physical and the metaphysical way. We are composite beings, and the Lord has addressed us in just such a fashion so that we could fully understand God is the truth. Everything that goes out from God, therefore, must be true. That's why it's impossible for God to lie. He's the truth. Lie can't go out from the truth. The only thing that can go out from God is truth, or if you want to put it another way, reality. He's incapable of doing anything else <clears throat> because of his holiness and his justice. God is truth, therefore, when we think about God, when we think about the truth, we look at the creation. The creation reveals the truth of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Put that statement under a microscope and see what you come up with. You're going to find out that, oh yeah, God did create the heavens and the earth. Unless you shut your eyes and come up with some silly idea like we evolved from monkeys. People would rather believe their grandfather was a monkey than believe their father is the creator. You know, that's a lot of disdain for the creator. That's a lot of contempt for him. Why? Because he's holy. Because he's righteous. Because he holds us accountable for our behavior while we live in his world. This is God's world you and I dwell in. It's his farm. It's his house. It's his factory. Everything, without exception, belongs to God. But he lets us use it for 70 years, and then we got to give it back so somebody else can use it. The next round of people, if you will. We become a memory that goes up in smoke and somebody else sits in my wonderful chair. That's life. God is truth, therefore creation must be true. God reveals truth in his word. These are the two ways that God reveals truth. God is truth, 
God reveals truth, and he does it through the creation, and he does it through his word. Those are the two avenues, and both avenues testify that God is, and that God is a person of integrity. God is lovable. He's merciful. He's kind. He's just. He's fair. He's honest. He loves. But he also feels rejection. And he rejects those who reject the truth. Because there's nowhere for them to live in heaven. If he gave them access to heaven, they'd mess that up just like they messed this up. And he won't let that happen because he loves you and I too much. He wants us to be happy in heaven. The Hebrews often said in Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. Without faith, you can't possibly please God. Now, what is faith? Most people don't have a clue what faith is. They talk about belief and all this other stuff. We're not going to go into it because it takes too much time. But I can assure you that without faith, it is impossible to please God. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. Now, I know, I know people say you can. They're wrong. This is the truth. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That is the truth. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Unless a person has the kind of faith that God is looking for, they can't please God. They just can't do it. Well, my, I know what your preacher said. I know what your, I know what your mom and daddy said. There's one truth, and that truth is without faith, it is impossible to please him. It just can't be done. Nevertheless, many, many, many people live as though the Bible is wrong because they've got their own truth to hang on to. Without faith, it is impossible to be well-pleasing unto him. There's two things the Lord looks for. Notice number one. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Number one, I must believe God exists. Now, when I talk about believing that God exists, I don't mean, you know, I feel God exists. Everybody says God. No, I'm talking about knowing God exists. When you believe God exists, it's because you know God exists. Knowledge comes before faith. Read Romans 10, 17. Knowledge comes before faith. If you believe God exists, it's because you know God exists. And if you don't know God exists, you can't believe God exists. Because faith follows knowledge. You've got to know first, then you can believe. And that's what the Hebrew author is stating. In order to please God, we've got to know that God exists. We've just got to know. And he's given us so much, so much evidence attesting to his existence. He said only a fool could deny me. But, you know, if people don't study the evidence, will they know God exists? How many people never consider such a thing as examining the evidence? I don't, I don't believe everything people say. Do you? I think, I think I would be accurate in saying outside of the church here that most people I talk to, they tell me a lie. I think that statement is true. Because I'm lied to all the time. I believe a lie in a heartbeat because I ain't going to argue about it. 
If somebody says something to me and I know it's a lie, I'm not going to say anything. If they won't lie to me, that's fine. I'll make my decision based on the truth. But if they won't lie to me, they can lie to me all day long. That's Who am I? But it happens all the time. There are a lot of people who tell lies about salvation. A lot of them are preachers. They tell things that are not salvation by faith alone, for example. That's not the truth. You'll not find that in the book of truth. It just doesn't exist. Remember how God revealed the truth through the creation through the book. You're not going to find salvation by faith alone in the book. It's not there. So how dare anyone say there is salvation by faith alone? What about all those poor people who believe that? Doesn't that stir you? It stirs me horrendously. Because they've been taught that they don't have to get involved with God's book. The preacher will take care of that for them. Their teachers will take care of that. And then their preachers and teachers tell them things that the Bible doesn't even say. And they believe it's the truth. But you can't, you can't please God that way. None of us can. In some ways, I dread the day of the judgment so much because it's going to be so bad. So many tears, so much crying. I, I'm so much dreading that part. you got to believe also that God is a rewarder of those who seek after him. The evidence, the creation rather, testifies that God is. The word of God teaches us that God rewards those who seek after him or live by his word. You see, both play a role in our salvation. The creation does and the book of God does. And we've got to be knowledgeable about both so that we can believe what God has revealed. In Romans chapter 1, verse 28, Paul said that the Gentiles refused to have God in their knowledge. Remember, a moment ago, I alluded to the fact that God revealed his knowledge to them. He revealed himself from creation. He revealed himself so that all people could see God to the eye of faith. But there were those who refused to have God in their knowledge. They refused in truth to have truth in their knowledge. They didn't want the truth. They wanted to lie because the lie was appealing. It was like the promise of the servant, you will not surely die. That was much more appealing than God's statement that you will die. It was, it was nicer, sweeter, more lovely to believe the sat Satan than it was to believe God. But in the end, it resulted in death. They refused to have God in their knowledge, so God gave them up. You don't want me? Well, I don't want you. God gave them up. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, we find just the opposite reaction by people. Paul said, when you Thessalonians receive from us the word of the message, even the word of God, you accepted it. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, reality, the word of God. There's two different reactions. The pagans 
refused to have God in their knowledge. The Thessalonians embraced the knowledge of God. Who do you suppose will live with God in his eternity? You know as well as I do. The answer's in our minds already. All people are exposed to divine evidence when it comes to the regard of God's existence. That's why people continue to search for God even though they may not have found him. The search goes on. It always goes on as long as we live. We have to search for God. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes can't see God with the eye. His invisible attributes, his qualities, characteristics, they're clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, the creation. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so there is no excuse. Can't, you can't stand before God and say, I'm sorry I didn't believe, but I didn't have a good enough reason to believe. God's going to reject that because he says, I give you all the evidence you need. I've given you more than what you need. You just didn't take advantage of it. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. God is truth. You can reject it or you can accept it. That's up to us. Back in Joshua's day, Joshua put it forth to the people like this, chapter 24, verse 15. If it seems evil to you to serve Jehovah, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And I put the same question to you. If you don't like to, to serve God, okay, choose who you're going to serve and get after it. Whether it's the gods which your father served, whether it's this thing, that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, that thing, in whose land you dwell. Do what you want to do. Joshua's saying, I'm not going to beg you anymore. Make a choice. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You do what you do, I'll do what I do. Joshua was tired of fooling with these people. It's up to you, and it's up to me. The truth is there. It exists. It's as plain as the nose on your face. All you've got to do is learn how to acquire it, God willing. We'll talk about that for a little bit next week because that's important too, isn't it? It's one thing to say the truth exists, but it's another thing to be able to lay hands on it and make it our own. If you're not a Christian, you're supposed to believe that Jesus died for your sins because you're a sinner. You had no hope whatsoever. You had died, you died and you were destined to a devil's hell. And Christ came into the world just for you. To be an atonement for your sins, to pay the price for your sins. So God could forgive you. And so you could come unto Christ. Become a part of his family. And live toward eternal life. And bring as many along with you as you possibly can. If you are a Christian, friends, listen now, please. Being baptized is not the period on Christian life. It's the beginning of a new kind of life. From that time forward, we are to seek out God 
so we can see the evidence he's given us so we can believe knowing that we have acquired the truth. Don't let it slip through your fingers. The opportunity before us is much too wonderful. Heaven is going to be better than any of us have possibly imagined.